That's all I got to say. Just a just a deep sigh. It's news. According to me. Good morning. It is what is it? It's Tuesday, October 24th. 9:40 a.m. 2023 Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. <clears throat> it's already just been one of those mornings. It's 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 already late. It's it's 9:40. It's ridiculous. I have a uh, <clears throat> a plan tomorrow to do an earlier show, and of course Thursday will be an even earlier show. It has to be an early show because I've, I've got things to do later. <clears throat> I have to head off to who knows where on Thursday. I just want to. I want to take a moment. I was just thinking about this uh, as I was looking at statistics this morning, <clears throat> and I just wanted to. Just wanna, just, I want to just take a moment to clear my throat. Holy wow! Wow! This is. <clears throat> There we go. That's better. What's going on with my voice this morning? We have a um, really big show for you this morning. Uh, but I just want to take a moment to uh, thank those of you, my listeners, uh, how important it is, or how, how I guess it, I, I should say how encouraging it is to see uh, when I put a show out there, how many people are listening to this thing. Um, and I have no idea why. But, it, but it's, it's just, I, I just, I don't know if there's a connection of some sort that's just uh, people enjoy listening to it, if it's entertaining. I don't know if it's, if you just like to listen to it, to laugh at it, or if you think actually getting some kind of substance out of it. I don't, I don't know. But I do appreciate, for whatever reason, you're listening to it. <laughs> I do appreciate listening. And I, and I because I, it's obviously there's, there's a kind of a, a, a base of people that listen to this. Uh, and it's, it's so encouraging to, to, you know, to click that little button to see what the statistics are and to see that, you know, the numbers remain steady. In, in fact, uh, just for the most part, on, on a curve, it's going up. So that, that, that's uh, it's actually kind of it's, it's, it's very encouraging, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> you're, you're either encouraging my bad habits or you're enabling me. I'm not sure, what, I'm not sure how you want to look at that, but it's uh, – no, it's just it, – I don't want to – just a big thanks. Uh, there's, there's like, I think there's, what is there now? 620, 630 episodes, whatever it is. Um, just keep putting more in the tank. Just keeps happening. Show, show just keeps happening. And uh, here we are. So it's, uh, this is not AI. It's just, it's not artificial intelligence. It's uh, not really, I don't know if you can call it any kind of intelligence, actually. It's just, it's just, uh, just me behind a microphone. So I do appreciate that. Now, having said all that, uh, we'll get on with the show. The, the, the most important part of the show, of course, that everyone – I think this is why everybody tunes in. I'm, I haven't looked at statistics, uh, the statistics on how many – how people – how long people listen. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure people just tune out after they hear what, what's in my cup. I have – that's the standard. I've got my chai with uh, Almond Joy creamer in it. That, that's going to be a staple for a while. Because I got plenty of almond joy creamer, and then I have a backup cup. The backup cup is always the mystery for people. They never, they're never quite sure what's in that. Uh, right now, uh, what's going to be in it here for the next? T- well, today anyway is now. After today, it's going to be different. But but because I'm running, this is my last of the apple cider. My brother makes apple cider, and um, this year he had a bumper crop of apples. Didn't know what to do with all of them. He gave a bunch of them away. But he he. Uh, Made a bunch of apple cider this year. So I have in my cup apple cider. 
I've got the regular. He, he also, I think he makes, like, makes hard apple cider as well. But I don't, I don't partake of that. He, uh, he just brings over a couple gallons of regular, really good apple cider. It's, I don't, I don't think it's. Uh, I know it's not high temperature homogenized. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's even cooked at all. I, I, it may not be. I don't know. I think, I think some, just somebody with a press over near him. It's, it might be an Amish guy. I'm not sure. He uh, they just press them and make the apple cider. So it's 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 good stuff. The uh, Oh, what else is going on? We have um, so much happening in the world of everything. Uh, two major wars that have broken out. And, and I'm hearing saber. The, the, what's concerning me right now is all the saber rattling. Of course, now, of course, I haven't talked much about some of the things that some of the, the establishment Republicans, the war hawks, the establishment Democrats, the the issues that we have here. Lindsey Graham right away wants to go bomb Iran. It seems like, I know Michael Knowles did a, one of his shows he talked about. It. Lindsey Graham's, uh, you know, his, his solution to everything is bomb Iran. We need to bomb Iran. We need to bomb their oil wells. Now, I don't know. Just, see, there, there, there are a lot of politicians that are in bed with Iran. They have family from there. John Kerry, I think it's John Kerry's son-in-law, is a prominent guy from Iran. Now, now there are, and Iran's politics are kind of complicated. It's it's not just you know you've got the you've got the Shah. We remember back when the, when the Shah of Iran, Shah of Iran, uh, when they had the ha- the hostages and that kind of thing during Jimmy Carter's age. Uh, now they're talking about them being our mortal enemy. China is our mortal enemy. Iran is our mortal enemy. Well, let's be clear on this. The CCP is very, uh, very much, a, a, you know, a threat to our economy, our, our way of life, and they're, they're not building up a military for nothing. They do have a goal to eventually take over the entire economic world, world system. That's, that is their goal. They've stated it. Iran wants to eliminate <clears throat> all Jews and Christians basically from the world. Now, now that, that's not around the, the civil government is not necessarily that way, but the, I guess you want to call it that. The, I, I don't know how to, how to label them. But then you have the religious section of the government in Iran. And they are a, a theocracy, if you want to call it that. They, they do believe that there's, there, it's basically an Islam country. And I've, I've mentioned this before. <clears throat> um, Valerie Jarrett, you know, about, you know, our buddy Valerie. <clears throat> she was the, the, the tightest person with, I mean, Barack Obama had no one closer to him than, than Valerie Jarrett, and she's from, she's from Iran. <clears throat> so, as we you know, parse all of this out, we, we end up having a very, um, oh, what's the word?
it's it's tedious. It's a very uh, tedious situation, to say the least. And I, and I guess the the thing that really concerns me is that we don't because of the censorship that that tends to happen on most platforms. We don't really get the full story, and we can't have any argument. You know, even if we got misinformation on, on in the in the process, we could at least parse through it and have the discussion to figure out what is truth. When someone else starts filtering out what you're hearing, and I I know I've heard some people argue differently on this, and I I have to say, uh, no, I, we I think that we should have the freedom to say whatever we want to say, even if it's wrong. Let's get it out there and let's have, the, let's have the discussion. Let's have the argument. Let's discuss what the facts really are and our interpretation of the, the, the data, so to speak. Because you can take data. And the left hates it when you bring up statistics. They Oh, statistics. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. You can make anything out of statistics. <clears throat> uh, and then they make up their own statistics. on Because what they do is they make up their own statistics on the spot. They just make the stuff up. 83.7% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Just saying. Do, do the math on that and figure that out. Um, so what we have is this stew or if you want to call it a cesspool, of information. And if you didn't watch yesterday's, if you didn't listen to yesterday's program, it might be worth your time to go back and listen to it. it Rachel Maddow, the things she was saying, you know, to, to come up with this idea that Donald Trump is going to Convict everyone of – at MSNBC, he wants to convict everyone of treason. And execute them all. And she just throws this out there in the middle of a sentence. I don't think people really hear it, but they do. But it adds to, to – to, because the level of rhetoric is so high, it just kind of keeps right on going. Everyone just sits there and nods their head while she's saying all this crazy, wacky stuff. She, folks, uh, Rachel Maddow is a lunatic. She, she, I, I don't know. She's a very intelligent lunatic. But she's living in a delusional world. I, 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 don't know, I don't know how else to explain this lady. When I see her, not only her voice, this is, this is what's weird about it, is her voice is pretty much in portrayal, and it actually seems to work fairly well. And I, I I'm sorry, I had a, had a text I had to answer. Get this crazy, crazy world. Um, we have so so the. When she speaks, too many distractions here this morning. I got too many things to drink. I got two cups, got stuff going on, got a squeaky chair. There we go. That's better. That'll calm me down. 
She need another sip of that stuff. So she, she has she has this issue of when she talks, she tries to drag you in and 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 participate in her little world of illusion. If you if you keep in mind, this is the channel. This is these are the people, and she's kind of one of the the lead people on that on MSNBC. That for years went on about Russian collusion. She was after Donald Trump's tax returns for years. And finally, we've got his tax. There was a whole show where she played this whole thing up at the very beginning of the show. We've got his tax returns and we're going to get into this tonight. So she brings on an expert and she shows him this pay, one page of, of tax returns. Well, this shows that he paid $13 million in taxes one year and didn't pay much the next year. Uh, the fact that someone paid $13 million in taxes d does not make him a crook. I, I don't, I, what, what is the problem here? I, it's, it's, I, I, they didn't have anything. They, they didn't have anything on him, but she played this whole thing up. The whole time, for years, all we have heard is the walls are closing in. The walls are closing in. We're going to get him with this one. He's going to go to jail for this. He's going to be impeached. He's going to be whatever it is. And they, they haul out these dinosaurs from the Nixon era I don't even remember what the guy's names are. These two guys, is it Burns and somebody else? These, they hauled out these people who were involved in the Nixon. They were, they were the reporters for the Nixon impeachment. And they were the, the, largely the ones who were behind most of the investigation, the, the actual journalism that was going on at that time. Now, they hauled them out because they have this, you know, nobody, nobody knows what these guys have been doing for the last 30 years. But all of a sudden, they bring them out because they're, they're a useful tool because it reminds people of the Nixon era and the impeachment hearings, the trial that went on for, for a long time, I might add. So as a child, it seemed like it went on forever. I was, in my, I was in my teens. And all I remember was the whole thing went on for a long time. It was just going on forever. Maybe it's because it, it preempted the cartoons and I just wanted to see cartoons and it was, that's why it seemed like it took forever. Maybe, maybe it was only a couple of days. I don't know. It, but it seemed like it was, went on for weeks, if not months. And of course, you know, Nixon, he, he, in the middle of the impeachment hearings, um, the trial, he, he resigns so that the country can move forward. And then, of course, Ford, his vice president, Gerald Ford, who was actually a pretty good president, he was, he was a little bit of a, a little bit of an establishment guy, but he 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 was actually a pretty decent president, and he 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 um, he pardoned Nixon. Now, of course, he, not knowing, or maybe maybe knowing full well that the pardon of Nixon would mean his demise in the in the reelection, reelection time. And of course, it was because of that that we got Jimmy Carter, who turned out to be one of the worst presidents until. Joe Biden came along. Uh, he was one of the worst presidents we've ever had. Now, little, little known fact here is that one of the worst presidents we've had in, with regard to not necessarily just an, an inept individual He's not, he's not, he wasn't that, but he was, in terms of the things he got away with 
And the evil that went on behind the scenes is Barack Obama. Barack Obama is the left's messiah. He is there, he is, if you know, because they think government is their religion. So he, he is kind of the, the anointed one that when he speaks, all, everyone listens. Everyone's, everyone, you know, stands by and listens. He can do no wrong. He, did, he didn't even have a smidgen of corruption in his administration. Not even a smidgen. He's squeaky clean. Nothing, nothing, nothing on the guy. I've seen people post fa- stuff on Facebook. Eight years in the White House and not one, one uh, scandal. Not one scandal. Uh, it, what? Really? This is, this is as delusional as thinking that orange man bad. It's just, just, it, it blows my mind. It, it, it amazes me. That people are that delusional. And it, you've never heard of Fast and Furious, apparently. You never heard about the IRS scandal. Under Barack Obama, by the way, was when the FBI was investigating Donald Trump. Of course, that's okay. That's okay. Because that's Donald Trump. He's an evil man. We had to get him. So it's okay for the FBI and other various intelligence organizations to lie, cheat, and steal to go after Donald Trump, to create FISA warning, uh, warrants, to create investigations that shouldn't be happening. It's okay to break the rules there because it's Donald Trump. Because again, the end justifies the means. But there wasn't a smidge. Now think about how, how much Donald Trump has been investigated. If you had investigated with the media broadcasting it every day, if you had investigated Barack Obama the way they investigated Donald Trump, I guarantee you he wouldn't have been in office two weeks. So much scandal going on there. If you want to talk about the people who surround Barack Obama, where he came from, the people who propped him up and put him into power. He was a made-for-television special. And because he was half black, you couldn't criticize him. If you criticized his policy, you were a racist. If you disagreed with Obamacare, you were a racist. If you disagreed with anything he said, this is where it all started. I mean, that's not where it all started, but it's, this is where they got their traction. Because you had the Jesse Je- now, you know, Keep in mind, Al Sharpton, had, he, he, he did run for president at one point. Jesse Jackson ran for president several times. Not, he didn't make it through the primaries. Neither one of them did. But these guys were all upset and jealous. You could tell it. You could tell Jesse Jackson was extremely jealous when Barack Obama got the nomination. And then won the presidency 
he was not filled with joy at that time. And they did not use Barack Obama's presidency to heal the land, to, to say the, glass, the ceiling is now broken. Anyone can be president. No, he used it to divide the nation even further. There was more division. I, I was shocked and amazed. I, I thought after the election, okay, he's won. I, I, remember, I remember just go. I think it was some kind of a store. It might have been a McDonald's or something, drive through whatever it was. I don't know what it was. And I, I just felt like, okay, so it, it's over then. It's, it's, it, finally, you guys have, you know, as a people, if you want to call it that, You've now, you know, you've got your president. That's not the attitude that came across. In fact, what I was seeing, the comments I was seeing online from a lot of people, a lot of very misinformed, ignorant individuals, not everybody. And unfortunately, they were the, the ones who made the most noise, which... does not represent, I don't think these people represented the, the whole. I just I heard a guy the other day, I just wanted to side note, he, this guy was a preacher, he was talking about the Nation of Islam, I was talking about this yesterday, this little documentary I was listening to. Right at the beginning, right off the bat, he said, you know, I don't I want to make very, and this guy was, he was African American, I want to be very, I want to be very clear, there's only one race, it's the human race. He said, but there's different ethnic groups. He hit the nail on the head with this. But this isn't the way the, the left wants you to portray it because they, they, they need this power of this, this racial division in order to, to maintain power. Because they use it as a wedge in a club. So, so this, what they were able to get away with because you couldn't touch this guy. Behind the scenes, he was getting away with all kinds of things. And he used the division. You know, people, people all of a sudden, what I was noticing was the comments I was hearing was, now it's, it's our turn. We're coming after all of you. I heard more racial hatred, if you want to call it that, ethnic hatred, whatever you call it. More hatred, more racism, if you to call it that. At that time, we're going to take over. going to put all you in your place. Well, all this kind of stuff that I heard them saying, I, I, it's been, you know, what, it's back as almost 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I, I don't remember all the statements that were made. All of it, I was just kind of shocked by this, the craziness. So I just thought it was, oh, it was just some radical the fringe. I thought they'd get over it. But, it. but in the course of eight years, that attitude was cultivated. And it, it just festered and it got worse. I think the division was worse by the end of Barack Obama's presidency. And of course, when Donald Trump, the racist, got elected, they were all over that. It just, 
I, I guess what I'm trying to point out here is that we have to – sometimes we just need to tap the brakes a little bit. And we're hearing things when we get emotion when, when there are emotionally charged events and things that are happening, just like what's going on in Israel right now. It's very, very easy to lump everything into one bowl and and feel like we have to respond. Actually, we we react to something and not respond. On both sides, Rashida Talib, however you pronounce her name, comes out in tears. She's putting on she's because she, she's a Palestinian American. She's she, she's a representative. She's a she's a congressional representative in Congress, in the House, from Gaza. Apparently, she pal- considers herself Palestinian. Uh, if you can rise up to a place of what's called power, supposedly, it's not supposed to be power, but it's to go say, we'll call it power. And, and Ilhan Omar, someone coming from Sudan or Somalia, I'm sorry, Somalia, comes from Somalia. And now she is a congressional representative. What does that say about our country? I, I dare you. I, I dare you to move from here. I, I, anybody in the House of Representatives right now, with all your experience, go to Somalia and see if you can get, get involved in the government there. See what it takes to be involved in the government there. Rise up to, to some kind of level of leadership there. It's not going to happen. Now, I'm not saying it's something you should aspire to. I, I just, I don't, I'm not going to say that being a leader here is, but, but think about that. I, I would not, if I had children, I would not necessarily want them involved in politics. It's okay if they are. I mean, if they, they get involved in local office, whatever, good for them. But you know what? It's just. I'm sorry, but I see some people with very good intentions going off to, to, I call it Pollywood, politics, Hollywood stuff. Now, there's a lot of representatives that never get involved in getting in front of the camera. They, don't, they just don't live that public life. They don't do the, that part of it. Most of them don't. But the, the majority of people that get involved in politics to that, to that degree have to play some kind of a dirty game because there's the underbelly is there all the time and it is always seething and trying to find, they get calls every day. They get knocks on their door. They get phone calls and texts and emails and letters and all kinds of things from all kinds of special interest. Now, to some degree, special interest is a part of how we operate in this. For instance, the NRA. Okay, this is a group that I would say, yeah, it's a special interest group, but I happen to appreciate the fact that they represent so many people. 
you know, that you get these these lobbyist groups that are now now the NRA is a voluntary group. People volunteer to be a part of the NRA. What I don't like is when unions get involved in lobbying government. Because people in most states have to participate in a union. I was in a union and I didn't have to join the union, but I still had to pay dues. If I didn't want to be a part of the union, I didn't want representation from the union, I still had to pay dues. So what's the use of not being in the union? Because now I'm paying dues. They're still taking my money and using it for their political purposes. And then they go to lobby before Congress for a congressman or for a representative, and they claim that they have 250,000 members. Well, our lobby has 250,000 members. And they got all this power because they got, they're making all this money. A lot of money flowing into that thing when they're getting a percentage of everybody's wages. So they have a lot of influence on those, on those people. But it's influence that if you, and if you ask most people in a union, probably most of them would just as soon do without the union if they could. Now, there are some hard, hardcore union folks out there. They will not go to a particular restaurant because the restaurant doesn't support unions, unionized labor. They are socialist to the, to the core. I mean, they are, they are labor party type people and they, that's the way they are. That's, that's the way they'll always be. And yet they can't see the, own, their, the corruption in their own union. That, that's, that's what frustrated me to, de to death. Just, I just, anytime you kick back and say something, that's, or whenever you're outspoken, you go against what the local reps want you to do or the, even national reps don't want you know they'll, they'll have they have their own agenda. You speak out against it. Well, now you're not in good standing with the union. Oh, okay, we'll stop taking dues from you then. Well, no, no, we have to keep, still to keep taking dues from you. You're not, you're not in good standing. So now, therefore, now you can't run for office. You can't do any of these other things within the union. You can't participate. And we're not sure we're going to represent you. When it, when it comes down to, down to representing you, you might do something stupid, and we, eh, we're not sure we can help you on that one. You're blacklisted. It happens all the time. It is a corrupt organization. Most of them are corrupt organizations, just to be quite frank about it. Now, now many of them, especially on the local level, they, they do a good job. And in some cases, they are needed. But it would be great if, if we just had a, a working relationship with our employers where we didn't need that kind of thing. Now, there's, there are some companies that have kind of a, a quasi, they're not part of a, a, like a major union group. They don't really have a union, so to speak, but they do have a, like an organized collective agreement. But it's, it's different. So it's, it's, uh, it's these special interests and groups that, that, that are behind the scenes that are pulling the strings less much of the time. On top of that, you have, you have the, you know, along with it, I should say, you have the, the deep state, what we call the deep state. So you have these people that are never elected. They, they, are, they go on forever. They have these organizations who protect their organizations tooth and nail. They'll fight tooth and nail to get the things that they need, i.e. the FBI. Now, the FBI now is going after, uh, my understanding is they're, they're starting to go after uh, 
individuals in this country now that they're, now they're talking about deporting this one family who was like they were from Germany. This is just one example of many. They were homeschooling in Germany, and Germany didn't like it, the fact that they were homeschooling their children. And they – so they came to the United States. They've been here for 10, 15 years, whatever they've been here for. And this, this administration wants to kick them out because they – for whatever reason, because they're, they're not going to grant them asylum. Send them back. Uh, really weird, r- crazy, just stupid stuff like that. That's what the, what's going on. But they've they've made it into the news. Their their, their case has been kind of score, uh, elevated. Now I, I want I do want to go into. Uh, I thought I had it right here. There it is. This is the page I want to look for. I want to talk about a few of the, few of the headlines that are out there right now. Uh, just because I have no other material, <laughs> so I'm going to go through this. We have. Um, Biden, apparently, uh, there's a check floating around out there that shows that Biden had, uh, I guess it's a $200,000 check. At the bottom of it, it says something about repayment of loan. I think it came from his brother or somebody. But there's no evidence of any kind of loan. Where's the paperwork drawn up for this loan? It's weird, weird stuff. And frankly... Uh, yeah, it it looks pretty shady. So it's it's kind of kind of the smoking gun now at this point. And I don't I don't. And of course, the left is scrambling to to give all kinds of excuses. Well, it's just this. It's just that. It's you know, it looks like it's just one of these. Well, it looks like what the the amazing. It just amazes me how. Quickly are to defend one person, and how quickly are to throw another person in jail who hasn't even, you know. It, it, it's just very incriminating, obvious incriminating evidence here, and it's they just want to brush it off and act like it's not even there. The hypocrisy is amazing to me. But that's where we are at this point, and it's just that's just. The way that they operate is just a, the situation we're in. It, I guess this new scandal has um, uh, the the Chicoms, the, the CCP. Apparently, uh, I, haven't, I haven't looked into this article, but apparently there, there's there's a new bribery scandal now that's going on with with the Chicoms. I guess I don't, I'm not sure if that's the. It's different than what this two hundred thousand dollar check is, but there's something else that's going on. This has been going on even while he was president, so it's, it's just. Uh, it's, it's amazing what, what thing that they're, things that they're finding in the way that the left wing media just ignores it all. The uh, Bob Menendez is doubling down now. Tells Dems he won't resign despite bribery charges. This, this is a guy who <laughs> has obviously, I mean, so obvious. Even people on the left, it's, it's so obvious and so so incriminating that there's even people on the left who are screaming about this guy needs to step down. E- even Fetterman is telling. Oh, yeah, here it is. Right Here's the article. Fetterman and 29 Democrats push for Menendez expulsion from Senate. Well, these are these are Congress. These are House representatives, some of them, some of them. But there are uh, there are 20. I guess there are 29. Oh, no, there are 29 Democrat senators now pushing for Menendez to leave. But Menendez is saying he tells the Democrats he won't resign despite bribery charges. 
He's not stepping down. He's going to he's going to force Senate the Senate to go into the process of expelling him. Now keep in mind there's another individual who was censored. Which I don't know what even what that means. What does it mean? Pencil neck was uh censured by the way. And it, as he should have been, should be I don't, I don't know who votes for these people. So uh, the House Republicans have launched a formal impeachment inquiry. Uh, now it's this is I'm gonna I'm gonna open this up because I don't yeah this is okay this that was old news. Uh, Biden administration seeks uh, tobacco bans now. They're going after tobacco now. <clears throat> Big that's a huge deal, folks. There's a lot of tax dollars in in tobacco. You know they're they're banning vaping and all that kind of stuff, but they're you know they're letting tobacco go. You can still buy cigarettes. Judge, uh, Judge Stay's latest Trump gag order. And I guess there was uh, there, there's some issues with the with the gag order. They have they have not come up with a good explanation for why Trump needed. It was a total gag on on the whole process. Uh, in other words, they, they were trying to silence him on everything, and he he came out and argued against that, or he, he did. But his lawyers came out and argued argued against that. They have speci- they have laid down specifics now about what he can and can't say about certain individuals. Which is, again, it's still, there's no explanation as to why he can't accomplish those things or why, why, he, can't, why he can't say anything about the trial. They, can't, they haven't given a good reason for it at all. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with all that. <clears throat> but in the meantime, uh, you know, Trump is a, he's the main candidate on, on the, the opposing side of their, and they're going after the guy and telling him he can't talk. How's that going to work? Uh, House still doesn't know. They still don't have a representative, uh, what you call it, the uh, House Speaker. Still don't have a Speaker in the House. Seems to be getting along. We, we, I, I seem to be getting along just fine. My, my, life is, my daily life is not uh, disrupted by that, by the way, just so you know. Uh, Rashida Tlaib has her story, and she's sticking to it. So she's continuing on with this. <laughs> she came out with this whole – she was parading around this whole thing with the hospital uh, explosion. Killed 500 people. It, it didn't kill 500 people. I, I, I don't even know if it killed anybody. I, it, it destroyed a bunch of cars. It was in a parking lot, and it was not even a – it was apparently a – not even a Hamas missile. Apparently, there's another group over there that sent off a missile that didn't make it. And it, it actually crashed in from somewhere else and, and blew up in this little parking lot. And it was it, – it destroyed a bunch of cars. Now, you have to realize there's a lot of pictures of people walking through the rubble with these blowing up houses. Or blowing – it looks like just a war zone, just all blown up. Just like looks like chaos. Like a whole block is just destroyed, demolished. And you see somebody walking through there like they're, they're crumbling from the, from, the, from the rubble. Just – these are – now, these are professionally taken pictures. You have to understand. Not everybody over there has a really high quality camera. Okay, so just you're just not walking around taking pictures of this kind of stuff all the time. The ability to get camp, to get pictures like that out of there and to get pictures taken like that, with all the right lighting and everything else that's going on, so it looks so dramatic. People have to keep this in mind when you're looking at pictures, when you're looking at video. All, 
the way they can portray things, the way they can stage things. Don't don't think for a minute. You know, don't that that everything just happens to be candid. It just happens to be taken at that moment. I just happened to catch that moment when this guy was crawling out from the rubble. No, it's, it's, it's this has been staged. A perfectly framed photo of some guy walking out from the rubble. Well, chances are he has nothing to do with that rubble. His house, house, house his, his living, his home probably wasn't in that area. But it just looked like a really good picture to take. One of the ways you can, you can see this kind of stuff, <clears throat> you look at pictures like that, does the guy have a dirty face? Does the guy have dirt on his hands? Does he, does he look like he's, you know, does he have dust all over his hair? Does, it look, does he look like he was almost bombed? Does he look like he, no, he's just, he's freshly, you know, showered and walking out. It just, his clothes are clean. It, it just, you have to kind of look around at some of the other things. Now, sometimes they'll, they'll do stuff that's, you know, of course, they have makeup artists and everything else. Like they'll do things, but and I'm not saying everything's fake. But keep in mind, they don't just have cameras on every corner there that they're just taking out, taking pictures of all this stuff. They don't have reporters everywhere taking pictures of everything. Perfectly framed photos of someone. It just, it just. I see this kind of stuff all the time, and, it, and I see the headlines, and it's like uh, this is not a just, just happened to you just happened to be in the right place at the right time there, I guess, huh? With your tripod set up and a camera there. Uh, so, yeah, I guess Kirby and Kareen Jean-Pierre, KJP, the hip-hop artist, she, she uh, they shoot down the call. There's the people telling, calling for the deportation of foreign pro-Hamas protesters. The people here in this country that are pro-Hamas, protesting in the streets, waving their flags. You know, it used to be in this country when you waved a flag of another country, you were, it was a very bad deal. It was considered, you were considered an invader. Uh, they're, they're calling for that to, you know, they're, they're not going to do that. They're not going to deport anybody. I don't know. Apparently, Rashida Tlaib, I was getting back to this other story. Apparently, she's, I guess, let's see what she has here. Triples down on the Gaza hospital bombing comments. She, she still sticks to her, her bombing, her hospital comment. Of course she does. But that's her, that's her only thing to, to use right now. She's just, she's just using that. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to that article. It's uh, Oh, that's great. It's trying to play over here on the side. That's nice when they do that to you. All right, I'm getting rid of this website because it's just going to eat up my bandwidth. The, the, uh, so, so Jim Jordan apparently is, has stepped down as the possibility for the Speaker in the House. Uh, Hamas is winning propaganda war over Israel, it, 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 supposedly. Uh, there's a lot of people around the world calling for Israel to step down and not go after Hamas. Uh, Israel won't care. I, 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 I guarantee you, Israel's going to do what they, Israel needs to do. And I, personally, I think Hamas needs to be done away with. Um, however, unfortunately, that, that I don't know how they're going to do that without some kind of collateral damage. I, I, I just 
even though it needs to be done, I don't know how to do it. And I'm not sure it can be done without collateral damage. And I, I don't like the idea of collateral damage. I, I don't know. It just. But they continue to stoke these, the, the flames of this anti-Semitism. This is, and what's, what's scary about this is some people are saying that they, you know, they were around during the Hitler times and uh, what they're seeing now, these old folks that were, that, that saw what was going on back in the, in the third, well, they're in their 90s now, of course. But they remember and they're like, this reminds them of, totally of what, what, what happened as Hitler came to rise. Uh, of course, they're, you know, Musk, Elon Musk, offers website for $1 billion for a name change. I wonder what that's about. Let's see what this is about. Oops, that's not what I wanted. There we go. Let's do that one. Let's see which, which website it is or if they'll, if they'll say right away if it's just a clickbait. Oh, Wikipedia. Uh, billionaire Elon Musk offered Wikipedia uh, the free online uh, encyclopedia, $1 billion under the condition that it would change its name. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Old man cough. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it. It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a <laughs> – you can look it up for yourself. Uh, just, just Google it. It's, this is an article on The Hill. The owner of X, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, wrote his offer in a post on the site, on his site. He had previously posted a screenshot of the personal appeal for Wikipedia co-founder Jimmy Wales, stating that the website is not for sale. <laughs> well, he's not asking to buy it. He's just asking to change the name. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I will give them $1 billion if they change their name to, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Uh, please add the <laughs> to the cow cow and please add that to the <laughs> cow and poop emojis on my Wikipedia page. He he continued in another post in the interests of accuracy. The um, uh, okay, so this guy's got a he's got he's got a sense of humor. Uh, one year minimum. I mean, I'm not a fool. He wrote so in other words, they can't just do it and then change it back. And he said, it's got to be for one year. <laughs> He's willing to spend a billion dollars for them to change their name for one year. <laughs> All right. Well, that's kind of funny. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so uh, <clears throat> yeah, interesting. Interesting stuff, I must say. Uh, we have... Uh, Oh, oh, good, good. Chris Christie gets to be on the uh, in the next debate. Apparently, he's met the met the criteria to be in the next debate, and everybody was hoping for that because you know we 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 can't hardly have a debate without Chris Christie there. That's important. Um, they're talking about Sydney Powell here now. She's got her thing out there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, okay, whatever. This is all from the Hill. I'm going back to reliable news now. Um, auto loan delinquencies are on the rise. I want, I want to talk about this. I, I heard about this the other day and I kind of t forgot to mention it. I want to, did want to mention this a little bit. Um, the, the, the auto industry is, is an interesting 
animal. And there's a whole lot of aspects to it. One of them is the used car market. And then, of course, there's the, the auctions that happen, the used car auctions that are always taking place. The sources for these used car auctions and, the, and where most used car dealers get their, get their automobiles, it's interesting where, where they get their inventory. And what ends up happening uh, in many cases is they have uh, – they'll have too much inventory and they'll, they'll pull them off. They'll, they'll, they'll store them. They'll just stack them away for a little while. And what has happened is we have this glut of cars right now because they keep pulling these cars off, off of the, out of the auction if they don't sell because they're not selling at a high enough price. Now, keep in mind, the used car market during COVID was, was skyrocketing because of all the shortages, chips, uh, the, the new car market was not out there. So people were buying used cars and fixing their old cars. And so the, the car parts you know, issues were – there was a supply, demand, supply and demand issue. There was a, there was a you know, parts issue was not there. The supply chain was broken. I mentioned this early on when they started shutting things down. I, I, t I talked about it um, with everybody I knew. I was saying, that, you know, that the supply chain is much more delicate than people realize. You, you might think, well, we just make buttons, shirt buttons. That's all we do. We're not essential. Well, it's essential to somebody. That job or that income or that supplier of plastic or whatever it is that now all of a sudden is not producing as much, all of a sudden the economy is not there and it's, it, changes, it changes a lot of things. You can't just – it's kind of like a butterfly, butterfly flapping its wings in the, in the – you know, everything affects everything. So, so when you start doing that kind of thing, you tell somebody, well, you can't sell – you can't you – know, you have to, to, turn, to close your hot dog stand, but you can still buy hot dogs – at Costco, it's just, it's just, you know, those things, they, they shift the whole entire, now this guy can't afford to, you're telling this guy he's got to shut down. It changes his economy, it changes his, his suppliers. He's not buying now from, it, it just, all of the balance of all this stuff just, just gets all screwed up. And what you think is an essential is essential to somebody. And be, just being told that you're not essential sometimes is enough to just destroy a person. The psychology involved in all that. But now auto loans are in more delinquent than ever. They're, they are on the rise. And, and every car, I think on the average, every car you see on the road has at least a 300, it's almost a $400 mortgage, $400 a month mortgage attached to it. Now that's, some people have more, some people have less. But the average car going through, you know, if you sit there at a stoplight and you're watching every car drive through the intersection, every car has about a $390 what we understand it, uh, mortgage attached to it on average. I don't have a car loans. I, I, don't, I don't borrow money for cars anymore. Stop doing that. Last time we did it was back in, oh, was it 2004? I think that was the last time we had a car loan. Paid it off. Uh, I think the last, last car loan I paid off was in 2007. And that, since then, we have not had a car loan. And I have to say our lives are much better off without it. Um, it it's amazing to me <clears throat> how, how people will live beyond their means because they have to have a new car. 
Well, this car smells funny. Well, but I get a new one. Oh, this, it's, it's not running quite right. Well, but I get a new one. Now, I have no problem with people, you know, participating in the economy, buying new cars. But you're, you're living beyond, when you're living beyond your means, I have a problem with that because that, that's going to – you're kicking the can down the road is what you're doing. So <clears throat> I don't understand this, this article. Hamas was paying $10,000 for each hostage they received. They were paying $10,000 for each hostage they received. I do not understand that. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Hamas terrorists. We were told whoever brings a hostage gets $10,000. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So the warriors who went out and got the hostages, they were, they were told that they, there was a bounty, basically. If you could get a hostage, you got $10,000. So the, the, the people who were out there getting, collecting these people, grabbing the hostages, nabbing people, they got 10000 bucks for each one of them. So you get 10 hostages, you get $100,000. <clears> and of course, they I'm sure they didn't get that. Um, mass murder on October 7th. Uh, kill and kidnap civilians, including elderly. They were given explicit instructions to kill and kidnap civilians, including the elderly, along with women and children. Now, they have returned four that I know of so far. Two were fairly young and two, two of them were older folks that they just returned recently. Uh, and of course, that's supposed to make them allowed to be the heroes. Whoever brings back hostage to Gaza gets $10,000 uh, and, and an apartment. So they were supposed to be rewarded heavily. Now, where's that money coming from? I thought they were supposed to be all poor and oppressed there. Where's, where, where are they getting $10,000? What is that? A little, little turtle. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so – oh, that's interesting. So they were actually just – they were out bounty hunting basically is what that, that point is. Uh, DEI deliberately stokes anti-Semitism colleges, says former DEI director, Department of Intelligence. Uh, Left-wing Muslims abandoned Biden. Now, there was an interesting uh, – interesting – a couple of interesting stories I want to talk about. This one is uh, Muslims, about Muslims and, their, and their, 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 their typical traditional values. The one thing that uh, has kept Muslims voting Democrat, the majority vote, vote Democrat, and the one thing that has kept them there is because they have perceived that the, that the Democrats are anti-Jewish. Now, most Democrats, of course, during this whole thing, most of them, except for the radical squad, has come out in support of Israel, which, of course, in the process, has upset a lot of the Muslim Democrats. <clears throat> Now, most of them are, are kind of uh, – they, they, a lot of them don't vote. Most of them don't vote at all. But, but the ones who do vote, typically the majority vote Democrat. Now, everything else, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to gender identity, abortion, 
family values, uh, all kinds of other issues, they are conservative. They have conservative values. They're on board with, with all that from Republic, Republicans or conservatives. I want to call it conservative. I want to call it conservatives because Republicans, the, the idea that it's establishment Republicans anyway, it's not going to happen. So this is interesting that they, that they have voted that way. Well, now I guess they're turning. The tide is turning. Not in huge numbers yet, but it's definitely trending the other direction because they're realizing, hey, this is this, this, the leftists are going way off the cliff in a direction we don't like. It has nothing to do with their values. Um, so, now here we go again. The, the Biden, <laughs> Biden, uh, Biden election team is freaking out over the latest polls. They discontinued to decline. Biden continues to go down in the, in the poll. It wasn't just a, a blip on the radar. He's, he's actually staying down in the polls and going and continuing down further, even further. Even in the midst of – at a time when there's sort of a wartime president, he, I think he wants to be a wartime president. He wants to be an FDR. FDR, by the way, was the one who came up with all the that, – that was when the, the switch happened. Supposedly the switch happened when the, when the uh, people of color, the minority com communities, switched from being Republican to being Democrat. That was when the switch happened, supposedly, because they started promising – you know, stay on our plantation. We'll, we'll give you all these things. $10,000 in a, an apartment. So, so they, they bribed them into switching. His promise was, well, you know, chicken in every pot, the whole thing. Just the whole thing was a bribe scandal. It was, it was a bribe, basically, for votes. Uh, interesting stuff. Now, there's, I want to talk about this little issue. There was apparently Alaska Airlines... Horizon, which is their – they basically have a feeder called Horizon. Uh, it's a turboprop division of their, their company. Now, they also apparently – I just saw this at the airport the other day. I was, I was We were taxiing in and, and I looked out the window and there was this Alaska plane that was actually a Embraer 175, which is a considered a regional jet. I did not know that they were flying the 175s. I had no idea. And it's a 76-passenger regional jet. Most of them have a first class in the front. It looks like a little baby Airbus. They call it the baby bus. The, uh, apparently, Alaska has some of those as well, but they, they also fly this, uh, under, the name, under, the, under the name Horizon, I think it was a different company. I think it's actually it – may, it may be owned by Alaska or it's, it's definitely a, an associate. It's, they have an associate degree or associate uh, understanding or, or uh, work arrangement, much like many companies do for the majors. You'll, ha you'll see companies like Air Wisconsin or SkyWest. Uh, it'll, it'll say United Express operated by SkyWest or Air Wisconsin or whoever it is. It's – Operating that aircraft, Republic. I guess not Republic, but or you'll see uh, for American, you might see uh, American Eagle operated by, ironically, Air Wisconsin or 
Envoy, that kind of thing. So you have, you have uh, all these different companies out there that are subcontractors, basically, of the majors. And apparently this fellow, I believe, I thought he was a Horizon pilot. Maybe he was, a, maybe he was an Alaska Airlines pilot. I don't know. Riding on the jump seat. Now, there's this thing called jump seating. And when the plane is full, if you're a pilot trying to get to work, you can ride up front. There's a jump seat up there that is mostly used for, it's, it's basically there for the purpose of the FAA being able to ride along or an instructor pilot being able to ride along in the, in the jump seat, which is between, between the two pilots typically kind of in the back. It's behind them and kind of in the back there. And it's usually you can't even usually put the seat down until you get the door shut and stuff like that. But it's, 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 a, it's a little seat that folds down. It's not very comfortable to be on for more than half an hour. I've ridden on them for hours at a time, and you don't, you're never the same. Get off that plane. You're... And the, the, um, the seat folds down. Well, you can some, some airplanes even have two, two jump seats back there. Well, apparently this pilot got it in his head. I'm not sure what was going on. I don't know what the whole story is on this whole thing yet. I just heard about it yesterday, yesterday morning. Apparently the day before, he had attempted to shut both engines down and uh, there's a you know there's ways of doing that. I'm not going to get into it now. Um, where he, he attempted to shut both engines off, and the pilots got the engines restarted. Now I don't know how they subdued the guy, but they got him out of the cockpit. Um, I don't know what I don't know how what they did to the guy. Uh, it, you know, thankfully. They were able to take care of business there. Uh, so I, I don't know. They, I would imagine the guy would have kept, kept fighting them at least at some point. And um, apparently they, they were able to subdue him enough to get him out the door. So they got him out, out, out of the cockpit and they got the airplane landed safely. Um, this, is a, this is a horrifying situation. I mean, it's just, you've already got a guy, you know, we make all these efforts to harden the cockpit doors and keep people from coming in. The next thing you know, you've got a guy in there already locked in. That's, that's going to be, he's the problem. Now it's a very rare situation. I heard of an F, uh, a representative from the FAA said, well, we're going to take this, you know, I'm not sure that this is something we need to take drastic measures to change, you know, to change. I don't, you probably don't need to take any measures to change this. You need to look into the situation before you make any decisions. Because it's it's a time and time proven thing, and you have one incident in how many years? Now there was an incident right before nine eleven where an F, uh, a Federal Express employee wasn't a pilot; he's riding on a jump seat to go home, and he he attacked the pilots, and he was gonna he was mad because he got fired. He, he he was able to get on the plane before they pulled his pulled all of his. Uh, ID and everything, and they, he got, actually got on the plane, got in the jump seat, and they took off, and he was planning to attack the pilots and then ram the plane back into the offices at the Federal, Federal Express building. And he was, he was, uh, he, he attacked them quite severely. And they ended up subduing him finally, got on the ground. One of the, one of the pilots couldn't fly after that. He was, he was injured so badly. But they, they did get back on the ground, <clears throat> and uh, they, the uh, serious attack, but it was the same kind of deal. But then, of course, the 9-11 happened soon after that, and it was, of course, everybody knows how that went. 
first people who died that day were flight crew. So it's, you know, not all flight crew are bad, obviously. Get these wackos once in a while. That there's some, you know, there may have been other mental, social issues going on with this guy, and nobody pointed it out. Nobody, nobody questioned the guy. Because, you know, there's, there's, there's fear of all kinds of things. You, 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 okay, so this guy's acting weird. This guy's making weird statements. Well, you're a racist, whatever. You know, what, they, they pull this card out, and, of course, the next thing you know, this guy's trying to kill people. I was just seeing a story today about the uh, – actually, it was, it was the actual audio recording. I was listening to this thing, and I, I, like, to, I like to keep up on aviation incidents and, and stuff that happens. Well, this, this guy was running out of gas. And he was like, I think, I think it was, uh, I can't remember where, where it was. It was, a, it was a major airline. It was, uh, or I think it might have been Frontier or somebody. Running out of gas. And they're, they're saying, hey, uh, you know, we're at, he called it bingo fuel. It's not actually bingo fuel. Um, they're at min fuel is where they were at. They have minimum amount of fuel to get to their destination. They have to do the approach now. And the controller was saying, well, we, it's going to be about 20 minutes before we can get you in, unless you declare an emergency. He was reluctant to, to declare an emergency. He said, you can go to such and such. I think it was, I think it was they're trying to get into Sioux Falls, I think. So you can go to Franklin or wherever it was. It was 70 miles away, or you can go here, or you can go there, but it's going to be 20 minutes before we can get you in here, unless you declare an emergency. He was reluctant to declare an emergency. Now, why, why do you suppose that would be? He goes, well, we can't wait 20 minutes. We have to land now. We basically have three, you know, four more minutes of fuel. We have, we have to be commencing the approach. And the controller was very reluctant to, to give them that, that option. Well, okay, we're going to give you priority. Well, they weren't going to give them priority unless they declared emergency. Now, here's the problem with this. this and this is what kind of – it's kind of aggravating um, in some, some respects because if you declare an emergency, guess what happens? All you can think about is, oh, man, now i got to file all kinds of paperwork. And you don't get paid for that. You don't get paid for all this extra work you're about to do. You know, you're going you're to spend hours doing paperwork, answering questions to the FAA, doing all kinds of things, all kinds of investigations going to happen. They're going to, you know, pull the tapes on everything you said during that flight. Everything that you did in preparation for that flight, and they're going to scrutinize every little thing. You are now under the gun. You are under the microscope, under the gun. Now you have opened up a whole can of worms. If you just made one, one comment about the company or about the FAA or about anybody on that recorder, they're going to hear it. It's, it's a very critical thing. And if you think that pilots can just sit up there all day long and be extremely professional and only talk about flying in the flight that they're on for hours at a time, you're on a plane for six hours in a day, and you're not going to carry on a normal conversation or say something below 10,000 feet more sterile, you, you know, it just, you just, it's, that's going to happen. And they're going to be scrutinized for that. And it's going to be whatever. Punished, whatever's going to happen with them. Possibly. You never know. And they get discouraged because they don't want to mention it. And now the paperwork's going to have to fight. But they're in this situation where they got to say something. They've got to declare an emergency. 
I was in a couple situations where if anything would have changed at any moment, if the controller would have asked me to do anything else, I would have had to declare an emergency. I didn't. I've never had to declare an emergency. There were two situations, one of them I can think of very vividly right now, where I was on an approach, and if, if anything would have changed, if we'd have been asked to go around, we probably would have been in an emergency situation at that point. We'd have been safe, everything would have been fine, but looking at, the, looking at where we were and what was going on, the issue that we had, we were fine, but any changes, and now we're in an emergency situation. So the, the those situations, that's out of, you know, 12,000 hours of flying or whatever, that that one thing happened that was that close. But the first thing that went through my mind was, oh, I don't want to have to file a paperwork. Oh, this is going to, this is going to involve a lot of paperwork. That's, that's all I could, that was the first thing that crossed my mind. So for some, somehow I think in some ways it's almost as if maybe declaring an emergency needs to be – it's one of those things where, okay, because you declared an emergency, if you cooperate with the investigation, you will not be punished in any way, shape, or form. And somehow you're going to be compensated for anything that, that, you know, that happens in, in this – as long as the outcome of the, of the flight is fine. And you, were, you weren't found to be negligent or criminally negligent or, you know – Willfully negligent, whatever the legal term is. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an epidemiologist or proctologist. I'm not any of those things. So, so just just a few um, look at all the stuff that's out there. I don't know. There you go, folks. I didn't realize I'd, I'd been talking so long today. I, I, I thought this was going to be kind of a an easy, slow show. It's not. Tomorrow's show, by the way, will be a little bit earlier in the day, and. Um, it, yes, tomorrow and Thursday. Wow, we could have four shows this week, for sure. The um, so these these shows uh, next week will be almost the same. Uh, I'll at least have, have a show Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. However, um, one of the things to keep in mind is that tomorrow's tomorrow's show probably could be live. I, I thought about doing a live show today just because it was so. Late in the day, late in the morning already. But tomorrow's tomorrow's I should be able to get up and uh, get the show done early in the morning, be able to post it a little bit earlier. However, um, there will be a little bit more content in tomorrow's show. Going to have some speci- some specific uh, things that are going on with the the whole trial with with uh, Trump. God bless everybody. Pray for our nation. Pray for each other. Thanks for listening. <laughs>